What's up, Rock family? God bless you and welcome to church today. You're probably doing church from home or maybe the beach or uh, driving in your car. You're doing church from wherever and we're so glad that you are. Um, My name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here. And today we are continuing in our series entitled Bubbles. And our pastor has been walking us through this idea, this concept that there was a boy who was blowing bubbles in the sky. And as he blew them to heaven, bubbles came back down. It's a great picture, an image of our relationship with God in prayer. We, by faith, send our prayers to God, believing that he's a good father that will send answers down that are good and faithful answers for us. And through these past weeks, our pastor has been teaching on different concepts. The first week he gave us a prayer model called Asipa. And it was all about admiring God, waiting on him, confessing our sins, interceding for others, praying for ourselves, and then ending with admiration and praise for God. Last week, week two, Pastor Miles taught us about big bubbles, praying big prayers, prayers that are all about breakthrough and believing that God answers even the most miraculous prayer requests, the the ones that require a, a move of God, supernatural prayers, God even answers those. And we should be the people that pray big prayers. Well, this week, I wanna talk to you not about trying prayer or doing a style of prayer necessarily, but I wanna talk to you about praying as a lifestyle, living a lifestyle of prayer. It's the type of life that prays even when you don't feel like praying. It's the type of lifestyle that prays even when you don't believe or maybe think that God is answering your prayers. It's the type of life that prays when you're on the mountaintop or even when you feel like you're, you're sitting or just kneeling or, or crouching down in the pit of the valley. It's that type of life. Um, today, I, I wanna talk to you about living that lifestyle. The title of my message is Keep On Praying. I wanna pray for us though, because I think that's what it's gonna take to get our hearts ready, our minds ready. So why don't you join me and pray and we'll continue with the word. And Lord, we thank you today that you are a good God, that we can, as we talk about prayer, begin with prayer. So that no matter the circumstances, we can say, Lord, I'm not gonna stop praying. I won't stop praying. And so with that, we begin with prayer. Have your way. Holy Spirit, speak to us with your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen, and amen. Well, this past couple of weeks, I was um, coming through my garage and I I tend to kind of like a home office slash gym. And as as I was coming to the garage, there was a bee that, that flew in. We had the garage door open. I'm not a big fan of bees. Uh, And so I did my best to do what my mom taught me growing up is just kind of lovingly just do one of these. It's kind of the, you know, the, 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 I don't know if it's the princess wave. You just kind of gently just massage that bee, but he wouldn't go away. And then he kind of, it looked like he was coming at me. So I went from this to like karate chop and I was making sure to protect myself. And I was just swatting at him and I I grabbed the, the closest thing I had to me. It was one of those squirt bottles that had no water in it. And so I found myself jumping and and swatting at this bee. And I don't know uh, whoever's watching this or joining, how old you are, but at 37, I I realized I don't jump a lot. Like (laughs) I was jumping and I wasn't getting very high. I mean, I was was, ah, trying to jump and was getting, I was missing the bee by a lot. And I was almost about to give up because it wasn't working. I was trying and it wasn't working. Then my daughter comes in and then she's rooting me on and she's sitting in the corner. And I I realized I got to protect my daughter. I want to make sure that the bee doesn't get me, but especially doesn't get her. And so she's rooting me on and then she's got commentary about, you know, dad, you're not jumping that high. And I'm like, just, hey, hey, keep it down. I realize we're not getting there. We're not getting to be. And so I switched my, my ammunition. I switched weapons. I put the water bottle down or the squirt bottle and I saw one of those yellow rags that I used to wash the car with. And I grabbed that and I did one swipe. I jumped, I missed the bee, 
But with the wind from the towel, the bee flew out the garage. I was about to give up. I wasn't working with the squirt bottle. In fact, I wasn't getting very far until my daughter came in and said, Dad, you can do it. I switched weapons, got the towel. I almost gave up, but I kept going. Didn't get the outcome I was trying to get. I was trying to take the bee out. But when I switched up, kept going, the bee eventually left. Here's what people that don't give up and keep on praying know. Prayer isn't just an activity that you sometimes try. It didn't work, maybe it works. Prayer is a lifestyle that you constantly live. You just keep doing it. You keep doing it. You keep do- it's not an activity that you try. I tried it, I didn't like it. I tried it, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the, the outcome that I was hoping for. You know, I, I, I tried like they did. It works for them, it doesn't work for me. But prayer is not Weight Watchers. It's, <laughs> it's not something that works for some and, and doesn't work for, for you. It works for everybody. Or, or I didn't get the outcome. I didn't just didn't like how it made me feel. As, Prayer is not Fiji water. It's like, ah, that one dries out my skin. I didn't like it. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is, 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 is so much more than something we try. It's not an activity that you sometimes do. It's a lifestyle that you constantly live. But here's what I know. The world often misleads us into thinking what prayer is. Or maybe one of the, the, the worst offenders are people of faith and, and they lead us off the path of what prayer should look like or they package it and present it in a way that God shouldn't be presented. And so I thought maybe I just start with defining what prayer is and what prayer is not. And I'll start with what prayer is not. I think this is helpful because it's helpful for me. Prayer is not religion-based, meaning that it's not all stiff and built in tradition and formal and I gotta memorize it and sit or stand to be able to pray the right way intimidating, all head, no heart. That's not what prayer is. Prayer isn't fancy speech. And I know some of you are prayer warriors and you will pray the paint off the car, but prayer isn't about fancy speech, meaning the bigger the prayer, the better the answer. The bigger the words, the better the prayer is. It's not about that. Prayer isn't genie theology. God, I found you. Now can I have my three wishes? That's not what prayer is. Prayer is not name it and claim it. Because I said it, it will come to pass. That's not what prayer is. Prayer isn't a spiritual negotiation. God, I promise you, if you would just A, B, C, D, I won't A, B, C, D. Prayer is not a spiritual negotiation. Prayer is a lot of things that people of faith and the world have made it out not to be or made it to be. Here's what prayer is. Prayer is not religion-based. Prayer is actually relationship-based. It's not intimidating. It's actually real intimate. Instead of being all about the head and stiff, it's really all about the heart and the spirit. Prayer is less about fancy speech and much more about honest communication with God. Just saying, God, here's where I am. In fact, you can even be honest and communicate with God in your regular voice. And that regular voice, the voice I'm speaking in, the voice that you talk to your friends and your family with, that's more what prayer is. It's honest, transparent, vulnerable conversation with God. It's not genie theology, really it's surrender theology. It's not my wishes, it's God's will and his ways. Way different. Prayer isn't name it and claim it, but it is by faith. Meaning that I say by uh, 
Jesus, by, by faith, I believe and I hope for and I declare the things that I have not yet seen. But it's not name it and claim it. It's by faith. It's not a spiritual negotiation. It's really a covenant agreement and understanding. I'm not negotiating with God, but I do agree that I have a relationship with Jesus. And, and that's why we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You ever wonder why we do that? Because it's in Jesus' name. That, that's the agreement. We can pray because of Jesus. And amen is like saying, I agree, or, or so be it. And so it's not a negotiation with God. If you do it, I'll do it. We're just saying, Lord, I agree to all these things. I'm hoping by faith in these things. In Jesus' name, I agree with whatever you have for me. And Jesus teaches us about prayer in Luke chapter 18. I wanna take you there. It's so important to him. He lives it out himself in Luke chapter 18. Verse one through eight is what I'm gonna read. And I'll set it up for you. It's a parable that Jesus tells, teaching his disciples about the importance of living real prayer as a lifestyle, not just something you do. And he tells a story about a persistent widow who will not give up asking for what she wants. And she gets it. Let's take a look. Luke chapter 18, verse one through eight. It reads this, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray. I want you to underline that in your Bible or write that down, maybe circle it in your, your Bible, wherever you're taking notes. They should always pray. This is, the, this is the goal of this teaching by Jesus, that they should always pray and not give up. In verse two, he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in town who kept coming to him with plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But watch this. Finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. So he was pretty motivated. And the Lord says to his disciples, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? No, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith like this on the earth? Jesus is saying, I hope we have Christians who pray. He teaches his disciples the importance of always praying. And at the very end, he says, man, I really hope that when I look and I, and I, I go throughout the church and I go throughout your homes and, and your cities and the world, that I'll find people that pray. Here's what he said. I'm looking for people who pray. I'm looking for churches that, that pray. He's teaching us to be the type of Jesus followers that live prayer, not just try prayer. Looking for people who live prayer, not try prayer. Why? Because Jesus lived the life of prayer. And if you and I call ourselves followers of Jesus, then we're saying, I don't just believe in God, I actually wanna live like God's son, Jesus. And so I wanna give you a quick summary of the times that Jesus prayed in the gospels because it'll blow your mind. And, and I, we got a graphic for you. You're gonna have to squint to look at it or get up close to your, to your screen, wherever you're viewing from. But these are the times that, that Jesus prays. Over and over, we see him spending time in prayer. Jesus prayed at his baptism in Luke. Jesus prayed in the morning, heading to Galilee. Jesus prayed after healing people. He prayed all night before choosing the disciples, prayed while speaking to the Jewish leaders. I'm not gonna read all of these, but 
You get the point. I want you to see that Jesus doesn't just teach about it, he lives it. Prayer for Jesus is something he did all the time. He wasn't just doing this as an activity. He wasn't doing it as a side thing. Prayer was a lifestyle that he constantly lived. And I know those were a lot of verses. So I just wanna give you four things. Maybe you type that in the chat. I'm gonna give you four things that people who live a lifestyle of prayer do. Here's the, here's the very first one. People that live a lifestyle of prayer, they, first thing, they pray every day. They pray every day. And, and this is probably basic. And you're thinking, I, I, like, I've heard that before. Yeah, so have I. But guess what? As a pastor, sometimes I don't pray every day. And I know the pain that happens when I don't. I know the blessing I get when I do. And so we start with saying, okay, I wanna live a lifestyle of prayer. I'm gonna pray every day. Here's what 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says. Pray continually. That's it. Pray continually. Uh, A couple other translations say, never stop praying. One says, pray without ceasing. That's a New King James Version. Pray without ceasing. I won't stop. I can't stop. I can't afford not to pray. I have to pray. Colossians 4.2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Continue steadfastly. I'm gonna gonna keep going. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna build up my prayer life. I'm gonna live this life. And when uh, my wife, Vanessa, and I were, were first dating, we started to get to know each other. And at first she wasn't available. And so our relationship didn't go very far. But then I found out that the guy that she was seeing, they weren't together anymore. So I kind of did my thing and slid right in and said, hey girl, what's going on? Let me get that number. We exchanged phone numbers. And because I didn't want to be weird, you kind of just, I don't know what the rule is anymore. It used to be, you know, wait this many days, two days, three days. I don't know what the rule, rule is. Maybe you have your own rule, but waited a couple of days and gave Vanessa a phone call. And for the first few weeks and maybe even a month or so, we talked about once a week. Then as the relationship got better and better and closer and closer, that once a week went to two times a week. And then we would see each other at church because that's where I met her. So we talked two times and I'd see her once in the week. Then we started to kind of, you know, vibe a little bit and feel each other out. And I kind of wanted to be real straightforward and say, hey, look, I think you're real cute, real beautiful. I'd like to get to know you and date you and make this a real thing. We started doing that. In that dating relationship, that phone call started to go up to three times a week. And, and, And then it would go... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, skip a day because I'm not strange. You know, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be too clingy. And then I'm going to come back on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three days on, one off. Let her, let her breathe. I'll come back for the weekend. Then eventually we got real close. There's engagement, marriage. Now we talk every single day because it's real hard to have an intimate relationship from a distance. It's real hard to be close in communication when it's inconsistent. You have to be intentional about it. No relationship grows when it's not consistent. That's what happens when you pray. When you realize that that prayer is the difference between what you can do on your own and what God can do for you, you'll never miss a time to pray. You just want, I just want to talk to you, God. I don't want to miss a moment. I want to be close to him. Prayer is the difference. And when you realize that, you will not want to miss a moment to pray. You'll pray continually. People who live a lifestyle of prayer, that's what they do. They pray every day. Here's the second thing. People who live that lifestyle of prayer like Jesus, they pray about everything. Somebody put that in chat. Type everything. Put it in all caps. They pray about everything. In the Philippians 4, 6, I love this verse. You know this verse. Don't worry about anything. Instead, 
Pray about, there it is, say it with me, everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Psalm 55, verse 17 says, evening and morning. That's, that's morning and night. That's almost all day. Evening and morning and at noon. There it is. I utter my complaint and moan and he hears my voice. I love that it says that I can bring my complaint to God. Because oftentimes we think that, well, I gotta be polished or I gotta get ready or I gotta be, have my stuff figured out before I enter into that relationship with him. But no, 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 God says, you can come in the morning with complaints. You can come in the, the noon with frustration. You can meet me in the evening with pain and trust that you'll hear my voice. A few, few days ago, maybe a week or so ago or two weeks ago, maybe you remember when Facebook and Instagram just kind of went flat. Remember that day? I think it was a Monday. <laughs> and, and Instagram just shut down. Facebook fell apart. And it was like, what's happening? I'm, I'm scrolling. I thought, it, I thought it was my internet. And so I would kind of offline, shut the phone down, come back. And, and everybody across the world on, on those social media platforms couldn't figure it out. Then, then all of a sudden we got the clue. Okay, we, they're down. They're not working. But later we saw all the tweets and the people commenting once it got back. Well, I couldn't figure out who was I going to talk to or who was going to comment on, on my post or who's gonna, who am I going to complain to or, or, or who's going to know if I need a reference for a mechanic? How will I let the world know that I need someone to fix my car? Those were all the, the memes and the updates. But here, here's what I know. Most of the things that we post about should actually be prayed about. Most of the things that you're posting right now, you should stop posting and start praying. Trust me, if you stop posting on your timeline and you start praying uh, with, with everything, you'll get better results. We should be praying about everything. If it's on your mind, trust me that it's on God's heart. Big prayers, medium-sized prayers, little prayers, the, the, the most honest prayers, the, 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 the small things, big things, the ridiculous things, the test you're taking to pass your bar exam, pray about that. The relationship that you're just kind of, I don't even know if I should be in this relationship. She looks nice. She seems nice. She loves you. Lord. I just, I just got this. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Pray about that. The house that's on the market that seems like it's a good deal, but I just don't know if it's good for my wife and I. Pray about that. The little things, the parking space. Pray about that. Even the parking space prayer. Or how about this one? The travel mercies prayer. Lord, just give us, let's all hold hands before we drive. Lord, give us travel mercies. The Lord loves that. Does he know that already? Yeah. Does he want you to get there safe? Absolutely. Is it the biggest prayer in the world? No. But God wants you to know that you can pray about everything and anything, morning, noon, and night, and he hears you. People who live a lifestyle of prayer, they're not trying prayer. Didn't work for me. I didn't, I just, I just, I didn't feel good about it. They're not trying it. They're living it. They're living a lifestyle of prayer, and they pray about everything. Here's the third thing. They pray for everyone. People that live that life of prayer, they pray for everyone. Well, who's everyone? It's everyone. It's, it's the people you like and the people you don't like. It's the people you love and the people that are hard to love. It's the family members that you love hanging around and the family members that you can't wait till they go home after the holidays. It's your best friend and it's your enemy. It's the, the, the person at the grocery store and it's the barista who brings you coffee. It's everyone. Matthew 5 verse 44 says it this way, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Wow, even, even my enemies are everyone. Absolutely. Well, it's hard to do that. I know it's hard to do that. That's why so many of us don't like to do it because you've tried prayer. You didn't like the way it worked out. You, 
take prayers for good people or for the people that you like, but God's calling us to pray for everyone, even your enemies. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it's effective. Um, I got my haircut yesterday because, come on, somebody, I'm on the camera today. Want to look fresh? A shout out to my barber, and he came through. And, and there's a couple guys that cut my hair, and, and my friend Mike was available, and he's a mobile uh, barber. So he, he came to the house and hooked me up and my son. And while he's cutting my hair, um, halfway through, I feel like the Lord said, I want you to pray for Mike. And so the entire time he's cutting my hair, I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm going to pray for this guy. I'm going I'm to pray for Mike. I'm not even going to ask him. I'm just going to pray for him. I'm going I'm to pray for Mike. And, and oftentimes, uh, when we pray for people, praying for everyone, we think, I'm going to ask him. And, and it goes like this. Can I, can I pray for you? Uh, or we, we, we say, hey, I'll be praying for you. <laughs> and that's my favorite one, because that's the equivalent to sending the text praying emoji hands, praying for you. But, but here's what I did in that moment. And I'm not saying this because I'm the best prayer warrior. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm trying to do it just like I'm trying to tell you to do it. I'm trying to live like Jesus just like I'm trying to tell you to live like Jesus. When Mike was packing up his things and getting in his car, there was a moment where I was tempted to not pray for him. And instead of saying, can I pray for you? Or I will pray for you. I literally just put my hand on Mike's shoulder and I said, Mike, I'm gonna pray for you. And I began to pray. I just, I just, I didn't even, I didn't even ask. I said, Mike, I wanna pray for you. And I put my head down and the words came out and I started praying for Mike. Mike had no choice. He had to receive that prayer. Come on, somebody. His head went down. He maybe didn't have time for it. He had another appointment coming, but I didn't even give him a chance. I just knew the importance of that moment that God wanted me to pray for Mike. I want you to imagine if we became the type of church that prayed for everyone when the Lord told us to pray for everyone. I want you to imagine what it would look like if we became a city that was known for prayer. You've been to San Diego? Oh my God. Last time I was there, I just felt this. It was just different. People were coming up to me and they're from the Rock Church and from different parts of the city praying for me. Or maybe, maybe you're joining us from somewhere else in the States or somewhere around the world and then your area becomes an area known for prayer. That's incredible. Imagine how different your life would be if when you walk in the room, someone said, man, that's a man of prayer. That's a woman of prayer. They pray for everybody. I'm not trying prayer, I'm living prayer. Here's the fourth thing. I'm gonna wrap up with this one. People who live a lifestyle of prayer, they pray with expectation. And maybe this is the most important one, I don't know, but I want you to lean in for this last one and I'm gonna tell a story at the end, but uh, people who live a lifestyle of prayer, they pray with expectation. Psalms chapter five, verse three says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait, watch this, expectantly, expectantly. If you're waiting expectantly, the only reason you wait is because you know something is coming. Something is on its way. This past um, summer, really, I ordered a, a weight bench, an adjustable weight bench. I won't tell you the company because it's been a minute since, since I ordered it and it hasn't arrived yet. And and maybe that's the, one of the, the best feelings and the worst habit is you order something on, on Amazon, or you order something from somewhere and you kind of, you're doing the refresh thing similar to what we were doing with Facebook and Instagram, but you're just checking the, I mean, for me, it's the reference number. I'm looking at the reference number and I'm hitting that thing and still not ready. 
hitting that thing and still not coming. And I, I, I was getting restless this week. I refreshed the reference number. And when I did it this time, it said the package is on its way. I was waiting expectantly, waiting for the package to arrive. First John chapter five, verse 14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we're asking anything according to his will, he hears us. God hears us. God always hears your prayers. You got to know that. God always hears your prayers. And he always answers your prayer, just like the unjust judge answered the persistent widow. God always hears, and we can wait expectantly knowing that an answer is coming. Watch this. Lean in for this. God always answers your prayers in one of three ways. Yes. Yes. Yes, what you ask for, yes. Be blessed. Not yet. Not yet. He can say yes or he can say not yet. Keep praying. Keep praying. Not yet. Or he can say, I got a better plan. God always answers our prayers with a yes, with a not yet. Keep praying. Or I have a better plan. And our job is to say no matter what happens when we pray or whether you like the answer or you don't like the answer, your job and my job is to say, God, I trust you. No matter the outcome, I won't stop praying. I will not say, I don't like it. It didn't work. No, we can wait expectantly knowing that God always answers prayer, always answers your prayer with either yes, absolutely. Not yet, keep praying. She's not ready for you. He's not ready for you. You're not ready for that job, keep praying. You're not in a good place yet to handle that responsibility, not yet keep praying. Or he can say, I have a better plan. And can I just tell you that you and I want that better plan? We absolutely want that better plan. Lord, I trust you, I trust you. No matter the outcome, I will not stop praying. I wanna close with this. Uh, when I um, was growing up, Born 1984, March 27th, in case you want to send me a birthday gift. In the 90s, there was this popular uh, book of images that came out called The Magic Eye. And, and some of you remember The Magic Eye because it's, I think it's a, it's called like a, a stereogram, I believe. It's a 3D stereogram. And if you stare, I don't know, that's why they call it a stereogram. But if you stare at these images, it's a computer graphic if you look at it long enough, you can see something behind it. And I remember uh, seeing some of these growing up and all my friends could see them. Uh, my, my sister could see them and, and you kind of, you, you had to like squint and there are all kinds of strategies on how you could see the stereogram images. You had to kind of get beneath it a little bit and sometimes you had to get sideways and I could never see the images. And so I just kind of concluded, this doesn't work. <laughs> at least it doesn't work for me. I mean, it works for them, maybe not for me. Finally, my, my parents got me one. And then on the bottom of the image, it had the description of what was in the picture. It said dinosaurs. I'll never forget it. And even though it didn't work for me like it did for everybody else, and I felt like giving up, and I thought, man, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't working. Maybe I'm not as good as them, and maybe I'm just not getting it. Why should I even try it anymore? When they got me the one that said dinosaurs, I decided I'm gonna put this up in my room. 
And I hung it up in my room. And so every day I would come back and I would stare at the dinosaur stereogram, this magic eye, and I would try all the strategies. And then one day I saw it. I saw the dinosaurs. There wasn't just one. There was the, the bird dinosaur in the far corner. There was the, 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 the brontosaurus right there in the other corner. There was the T-Rex right in the middle. And then the fourth dinosaur that I could see was the stegosaurus. I'll never, ever, ever forget it. This was no longer something I tried and didn't work. This was just something I did. Because every time I came back in the room, I could see it. I could see it. And I practiced it. I practiced it. Prayer isn't just something you sometimes try. I don't like it. It didn't work. Prayer is a lifestyle. And it's something that you just do. And the people that follow in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we believe in him and we actually want to model our lives after him. And Jesus lived a life that was all about prayer. Jesus prayed every day. Jesus prayed about everything. Jesus prayed for everyone. And he even prayed as he invites us to pray. Pray with expectation, believing that God answers your prayers. Maybe one of the biggest prayers and most important prayers for you and for me is to begin the prayer of salvation. And Jesus was in the garden and he cried out to God, God, if there's any other way, take this from me. And ultimately he said, but not my will, your will, because I'm a man of prayer. And Jesus goes to the cross and stretches his arms out and he dies and pays the price that you and I should have paid for our sin, for the shame in our life, for the things we've done. But by believing in him and confessing with your mouth, you can be saved. Have given new mind, new spirit, new life, relationship with God in heaven one day. And so if you need to pray that prayer right now, I wanna, I wanna lead you in that. And as we close our time together, believing that, God is not just healing and answering, but he's stirring in us to be people who live a life of prayer. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me. Wherever you are, wherever you're gathered, if you need to receive Jesus for the first time, I want you to pray this prayer in the quiet of your heart. Say, dear God, I love you and I thank you for loving me. I admit that I'm a sinner, that I mess up, over and over. I believe though that you died for me and I believe that you paid the price for my sins. Today, I confess you now as Lord of my life. I confess you as my savior. I confess you as Lord over all. Holy Spirit, fill me Brand new, give me a new mind, new spirit, new strength, new hope. If you pray that prayer and your eyes are closed and your, your head's bowed, um, I want you to let someone know when we get finished here, let someone know that you prayed that prayer. You're gonna have a chance to let someone know that you made that decision today. But I also wanna pray for all those that are leaning in and asking God to live a life of prayer. Lord, we thank you for those lives that said yes today. 
All those lives that said, yes, Lord, I, I wanna be in a relationship with you, they acknowledged you, thank you. And God, would you now create in us a heart for prayer? We don't wanna try it. We don't wanna give up on it. We don't think it works. We don't wanna stop because we don't like the answer we get because you're always answering our prayers. And so we come expectantly believing that you're a good and gracious father. Make us people of prayer, just like your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we all pray. Amen, amen, and amen.